Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of According to Alan. Today, I believe it's January 27th or 6th, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's Friday and it's time to get crazy a little bit. So I thought I'd bring in the person that I thought would be the best guest ever on a Friday (laughs) and that is, he's got a deep baritone. He's an amateur hooper. Wannabe. Wannabe amateur (laughs) hooper. And he owns Crown Point Eye Care and he's an eye doctor and I thought... What better way to kick this weekend off? Jovan Alavania. Sounds like a plan, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the best intro I've had in I don't know how long. So Really? Cool uh, where does it compare in your other intros? And where, where else did you get intros? I don't know, man. We'd have to go back a decade plus. This would be back in the old basketball days. So it's been a long time. Okay. Maybe I should have done more of a basketball <laughs> one. Like, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at 6'3". Yeah. Would have to rip off those breakaway pants and we would be going <laughs> for it after that. So. We're also joined with Mark Pishker as a guest today. What's up, guys? That's a sick intro. Thanks for that, Al. Nope, that's it. That's all you get. He wears one of three sweaters daily. <laughs> 90% chance he's wearing sweatpants. He's, he's three and one against me in chess right now. Yeah, that's about all, all the good I have in my name right now. You're killing it. You're Blast. doing good, Mark. Don't let, don't let this podcast intro ruin, ruin the vibe. You're doing great. I appreciate great. it. I'm also, I want it to be noted, I'm 0-1 against Jovan in basketball. So, Yeah, you guys played a couple weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, it'll be fun tonight, too. We'll see what he's got. Oh, so, so how did the game go? Because that was your first time going, right, Mark? Yeah, so we, to give you an, an idea of my basketball background, we, I play once a year at our Thanksgiving basketball game mm. that we have with our family. And we either do it at like NJN, we've done it at the Arc where University of Valparaiso is. Um, and so this past year, people were sick, so we didn't even play it. It's the first time we haven't played in forever. So I haven't played in well over a year. And so this invite was sick and <laughs> it, it made it very clear that I haven't played in well over a year. So this next one, though, I got it. This next one, Jovan's in trouble tonight. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens. So Jovan, how was uh, Mark's game? As as solid, solid. You could tell he's athletic. Okay. Maybe not a basketball player, but athletic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe not a baseball player. Sometimes, from what I heard too. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Jovan, tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, I know you own Crown Point Eye Care, and you're what's the what's the correct term? Optometrist. Yep. Okay, give us a little bit of your story. Where did you grow up? Uh, where did you go to school? That kind of fun stuff. Right on. So I grew up here, uh, went through Lake Central School Corporation. Uh, so graduated from Lake Central and then uh, went to Purdue down in West Lafayette. Spent four years down there. Uh, I got a neurobiology physiology degree, so a nice fancy biology degree. And spent four years in Bloomington, actually. That's where the IU School of Optometry was. So graduated in 2013 and came right back to the region and started working. Wow. Yeah. I was at a private office for a short period of time. I did a commercial stint for a little bit, too, and then I uh, ended up opening up uh, Crown Point Eye Care in 2017, right at the very end. Wow. So when you were a kid, were you, like, just fascinated with eyeballs? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was thoroughly Big convinced I was going to, like, do something athletic my entire life because I absolutely love sports, but, you know, you're that 16-year-old kid, you're playing high school ball, you're like, I'm going to college to play basketball. And then you, you realize your dream's not exactly what it should be. So. And it's hard. Yeah, 100%. And that you have to be <laughs> somewhat of a freak or an alien. Exactly. And yeah. Once that came to light, it's like, college is the next thing. So I went to college, enjoyed myself. 
Awesome. So yeah. was there any other thing on the list of other than optometry? Was it like dental? Was it like, or were you always going down the doctor or was it like you wanted to be a janitor? Dude, man, I actually started out in management. I went to oh. school as a management degree and I took two classes and was just <laughs> not my thing. And then I thought healthcare and I volunteered at St. Margaret Mercy over in Dyer and they let me kind of just hang out and honestly, literally anybody that would speak to me, I spoke to whether it was pharmacists, docs, nurses, PT, OT, and literally anybody that would talk to me. Just pick their brain, see if they liked it. And I ended up sitting down with my optometrist. I've had one for 20 plus years at that point and shadowed him for a half day. And I'm like, dude, I could do this. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So it really worked out. I, I love what I do, but being able to like sit down with him and just talk made a big difference because I wasn't the patient at that point. So it's been fun. I love it. And I, I, I love having students in too. Like I take in whatever kids are interested. If they're interested in optometry, they come hang out and ask all the questions they want to. And we go from there. Heck yeah. No. So I, this is, might be a little bit off uh, center, but so I've always, I've, I've been really curious about this for people who decided to go into like some form of doc, doctorate of yeah. like some component. So that's a lot of school loans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you're probably looking at two fifty to three hundred because that's both state schools. So in state for um, optometry, I think was just about thirty thousand, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Okay. And then for undergrad, I, dude, I was lucky enough that my parents were able to help me out through oh, through nice. a bit of it. So you know, it's not like I came out eight full years of stuff. It was probably closer to like six. Wow. <laughs> so, Anything, anything helps. Everything helps. And oh yeah, yeah but it, it's in the grand scheme of it, it's all worth it, man. You you get into it to help people out. You know, from financial standpoint, you know you you can make some money, but the goal is to help people. That's why you want to be a doc of any sort. So yeah, it's kind of the plan. Well, I think there's <laughs> yeah. just a certain component to where like you start to even get on that voyage, and you're like, dude, this is eight years of schooling. The money's gonna get crazy. That's kind of intimidating in itself because, like, there's no guarantee. And so, like, when you do get out of school, it's like, man, you're going to be facing and being confronted with that. Yeah, they help you out. So once you get into school, there's a lot of discussion about things you can do to minimize debt. You know, I worked under a, a doc and did research. So, like, I got compensated during the summers and during the school year while I worked. So it was cool. I helped out oh, with wow. research. You get to be part of some publications. You know, you, you make a couple bucks and every little bit counts. So that those couple bucks were able to help me pay for some books or equipment or spring break or <laughs> whatever it may be at that point. You know, that's that's pretty awesome um, yeah. with as far as like the degrees go um, and the schooling. Is there a lot of different options you can do once you get your doctorate as far as like surgery goes or like other various forms of optometry, if that makes sense? Absolutely. So. You, you're going to finish with your, your OD, so that's your, your doctor of optometry at that point. So you can move forward and do a specialty in, like, contact lenses. So they have residencies afterwards. So you're still a doc. You're off for about a year or two working and doing either ocular disease, pediatrics, binocular vision, you know, and then, you know, you can do whatever's available at that point. So it's just another year or two you can add on to it. So the surgery aspect, that's stuff that's changing. It's legislative. So like in Indiana, we were, able, we were I think we can start, we, we were able to start doing injectables 
four or five years ago, I think. Wow. And then now I think lasers, um, so like post cataract stuff, uh, you can do now in Indiana. I think that's within the last couple years. But as long as you're trained and you have the patient base for it, and you should be good to go. Wow, I couldn't imagine doing surgery on eyes. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. He was telling me, you were telling me the other day about, because so oh. we were filming the Myth Mondays, <laughs> and one of the questions, we're not using it for this first Myth Monday, so I'm just going to throw it out there, where I don't know if you've ever heard of this myth where if you <laughs> sneeze with your eyes open, your eyes can pop out of socket. Have you heard that before? No. Oh, that we, we heard that in school when we were in like fourth grade, and it like haunted me for a while. I like made sure my eyes were close every time. <laughs> that is scary. But he was telling me about if you, do you remember what you were telling me? It was one of the ophthalmologists that I worked with uh, when I was a student. He was doing a, a corneal transplant. So the when they do the transplant, the the globe is actually open. So he gets the the cornea off that the bad cornea, and he's gonna start doing something with the new one. And he's he thought the patient was about to sneeze. That's that's what he was telling me. He's like, I had to plug it with my thumb. I was like, holy smokes, man. That's wild. And I was like, that was my, that was early on in my fourth year, like rotations. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Soup. He was a great surgeon. Awesome to work with. Awesome to be under. I mean, they, they worked me like a dog when I was there, but I learned more in probably three months than I would have in, I felt like I would have been a year. Wow. They, wow. Yeah. It was fun. There was a kid that I went to high school with, um, who had a freak accident when he was younger and he lost his eye. But like, if there was a substitute teacher, he would always like, play that game where like he like sneezed and like he'd pop his eye out <laughs> and then take it to the sub and be like <laughs> my eye fell out and like it's like crazy you That's know how could you imagine horrifying <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i guess you know you got to have a little bit of fun with it at that point you know heck yeah you know but well, he he went on to like play. He played varsity basketball. Oh, he yeah. played football at St. Joe's. Even with one eye, it was wild. And like that's awesome to see somebody come up with those kind of um, disability and be able to kind of like run with it. Hundred percent. You know it, it, the limitations. It, it doesn't limit you too much as long as you're up for it. So there, even some of the students that are that are in school, a buddy of mine, uh, when he was younger, ended up having a, a bleed in the back of his eye when he was I, I don't remember if it was before a year or two. Uh, ended up having a big scar. So, like, centrally in one eye, he doesn't see really well. But he went on to pitch in, at Evansville. He was in college playing. He was a pitcher, man. Wow. Doesn't stop him from anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of mist, is the eating carrots, does that really help your eyesight? Is that scientifically proven? <laughs> don't believe so because if you eat too much of it, it's just like everything else is not good for you, man. So, you can actually cause, like, a toxicity from, from too much of that vitamin. Really? Yeah. Like you, you could, turn orange? You will actually turn orange if you eat way too many carrots. Okay. And I mean, Test we're just it. talking like crazy amounts. So Wow. Yeah. Tune in next week when we see if Alan can eat <laughs> six pounds of carrots in one city. Spray tan or carrot eating? That's that, Which one is it? Either or. It's going to be like a man versus food at Local 219. <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat the most carrots. Man. What other myths are there about the eyes that are really fun? Uh, the one I hear the most is probably wearing glasses is going to make, make your vision worse. You know, oh, like wow. I, okay. Yeah, that's probably the one I've, 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 I've probably encountered that at least once a day, minimum. Really? Yeah. It, it's just the thought that you become like reliant on them. And, and that's not the case. It's just all strictly optics. And the way the visual center perceives everything, you go without glasses for so long, you don't know what stuff is supposed to look like put some glasses on and stuff's nice and clear. And now that visual center knows what it's supposed to be. Boom. You take your glasses off. You're like, Holy cow, this is worse than I remember. It's 
just it's the same it's just now you know what perception should be you know what the what the visual world should look like wow and is there an adjustment period to your eyes when you do take off the glasses your eyes are trying to like figure out what's going on and maybe that might cause a little bit of the blurriness it, it can just because it's a such an abrupt adjustment you're going from clarity to fuzz so that that discomfort you notice it's it should dissipate but it's not gonna it'll never feel the same way like if you had your glasses back on so not that there's like an adjustment it's just the body knows something's missing now the visual gotcha, center yeah. yeah brain's super smart man it could especially visually you could teach it to do a lot of stuff which is awesome especially with kids that's so cool yeah i was thinking recently you know those um they have them in like a lot of laboratories eye washes where oh, like yeah. the water shoots up and right so i was thinking it i don't know i guess it made me think can you like clean clean your eyes and i'm asking this because i feel like sometimes if like the light's hitting a certain way or something, I can kind of see like some bacteria. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? How you can kind of see bacteria. So that's all in the back of your eye. That's a, that's just a floater you're noticing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's cool because as a kid, that that it's called the vitreous. The vitreous is kind of like a jello. It's a little more solid. It keeps that eye nice and kind of round while that while the body's growing. Mm. Here as adults, you know, once you hit 25 about 25 which is a good one it starts becoming more water-like so you have all these little like fibers that run around all these little anchorage points what you're catching is just the shadow that floater is giving you so mm. you have that it's right behind that colored part of your eye light hits it you're catching the shadow and you're like oh yeah look at that little little dot floating around or little uh. like some people perceive it as like a line or something translucent that's just a good old floater wow yeah that makes me think of another question. <laughs> the uh, when you stand up too quick and you start to see like those like Stars. little like yeah like you start to see those like little like, dots in your vision. Yeah. What is that? It's all vascular. So it, just if you're sit, like sitting down and standing up or laying down and standing up, blood rushes downwards. So you have like little valves in the in the veins that stop blood from like when you stand up going down your feet. If you do it quick enough, enough gets into those lower extremities to where those the blood vessels are starting to like constrict and, or they're trying to dilate, trying to fill back up. So that's what you notice. That's why you might get like lightheaded if you stand up really quick or you'll get like the tunnel vision when you stand up really quick. So it's all vascular in nature. So nothing with the nothing with the eyes themselves. Yeah. Just everything wow. else. Yeah. Wow. That, that leads me to another question. <laughs> Let's go, Mark. You ask that. Fire away. And how, how often do we get an optometrist to get in the office? <laughs> we don't. I'm no. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even sleep last night. I was so excited. <laughs> um, I, and maybe you'll be like, that. that's not a thing. And then I'll have to get checked out by you or something. But um, if you like really like rub your eyes and then like put your hand away, sometimes it'll be like, black like you can't see anything and then mm. it'll like the light will slowly start coming back what's going on there it's uh, <laughs> similar to like if you stand up too quick it's a pressure thing at that point so you're you're applying so much pressure on the globe it's constricting essentially like flow to the nerve just about so once you let go and everything kind of goes back to normal all that blood flow mm. blood flow resumes and boom you're back to seeing again so mm. don't rub your eyes too hard kids wow <laughs> So it's it's obvious that like you know if you're running through life and you're it's you got blurry vision that's a sign of bad eye health potentially and like maybe a chance to use glasses. Yeah. What are some other symptoms our listeners can hear that are like, hey, if you're having these, dude, come in like ASAP. Uh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a spectrum of like maybe bad and then like, yeah, you need yeah. right away. 
Um, so for like floaters, just what we had discussed earlier, if you see a whole bunch of them, you know, then that's kind of a red flag. So if it, it looks like it's like raining, like those dots or those like little bacteria you described, we, we want to see it because most likely reason is we have something going on in the vitreous. Worst case scenario, we have something with the retina. So whether it's a retinal hole, a tear, a detachment, something is going to cause all those like numerous floaters. It's going to seem like a ton of them. Cool. I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's one thing. And honestly, any sort of, when we say just visual disturbance, like, uh, you know, I've had friends and, you know, random patients coming in, new patients that would just be like, hey, lost vision out of this eye. It's taken a while for it to come back or it hasn't come back. And, you know, we're looking at vascular issues at that point. Like, are they controlled hypertension wise? Are they controlled diabetic wise? You know, talk about cholesterol issues. You know, you can talk about whether it's alcoholism, like there's tons of stuff that happens in the back and it's, I don't know, it's a pretty broad spectrum. So any sort of vision loss could be almost anything, but. And when you say vision loss, you mean like literally like your circumference and what you can see right now, your peripheral vision and straightforward vision, if that's starting to be blocked at any point. It could be either or, or it doesn't have to be both. It could be one or the other at that point too. So, okay, before we get to the really crazy ones, <laughs> we have to keep the lights on around here. Right on. <laughs> and so I got three reads I got to make really quick. Sure. Hey, have you ever been to the lighthouse? Yes. What do you think? Awesome. Awesome? Yeah, my wife and I probably go there about at least twice a year. Nice. Love that. Yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, I do. For me, it's just like there's a few places you go that just really just it turns up and I'm not worried about the money. I'm not, I know there's people out there that are doing that, but it's like, I know I'm going out there and treating myself. Right. hundred percent. We always uh, go during the summertime so we can sit outside. Oh, beautiful. Like pet. what are that pergola or whatever the pavilion they have? Dude, it's awesome. It's such a, vibe. it was in our top yeah, five dude. patios of the region a couple of years back. It's beautiful. Oh, when the weather's nice, it's perfect. Well, wine Wednesday has returned. So cool. maybe point that out the next time you and the wife want to go out together and leave the kids at home and, Get yourself a little bit of distraction. I'm cool with that. So Wine Wednesday is returning. Also, um, it is January resolution time. Jovan, <laughs> I know you're doing basketball. Do you do any other working out? I pretend to ride a bike, like a stationary bike. <laughs> like in the office? <laughs> no. You just, you just like <laughs> mimic? The- I would probably work out more if, I, if that was the case. <laughs> 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 well, it's, you're lucky because right now at Top Field CrossFit, if you text the number... Below 219-455-7690, you get two free weeks of classes. Cool. Have you ever done CrossFit before? No, but I have uh, I have a couple friends that do it, and they've been trying to talk me into it, so I might have to uh, give, it a, give it a whirl. Uh, I've done two. Sounds scary. It is, and I was <laughs> in my most out of shape on top of it. So, I mean, I'm down about 30 pounds since about a year and a half ago when I did it. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, just uh, drinking and not eating. That's that's my... <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, it's cool, though. Uh, I brought the CrossFit thing really quick. We did a couple of videos there. It's The atmosphere is actually way cooler than I was expecting as far as, like, you're there and you want to, like, everybody working out is, like, really cool and, like, they're, like, pushing each other in a sense. So it's, like, in my head, I'm, like, very... Uh, competition oriented so i'm yeah. like i want to beat everybody but at the same time you can tell like like that the crowd is like really into like helping one another so it's a, it's a really cool different vibe that i never expected honestly yeah it seems like a really cool community like the the, the couple friends of mine that do it i mean they they love it and he's changed dramatically and she has as well since we 
since they started doing it. So it's, wow. you can definitely, it's not something that doesn't work. It's not a fad. It, it, it's definitely something that's legit. You just got to really kind of commit to it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what I think my biggest fear was is like going into it is that everyone's going to be judging you and you're going to be the one holding up the team, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's not like that no. at all. You go no. in there, you're on your own island. I think if anything, people see you working out hard or, or not. And it's like, that's how they just kind of like say, okay, yeah, I really yeah. respect his ethic. Like he's really getting after it or she is. And then it's just like afterward, it's like everyone just went through the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. And now everyone's like, dude, let's talk about it. It's <laughs> yeah. fun. Like, yeah. Good job. Yeah. You know, way to make it. Yeah. You know, it was very, very comforting. It was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, the last one, I'll do a, a shameless one for you here, Jovan. Now for Crown Point Eye Care. Yep. I felt like, um, I didn't know how, what was my eye health like? Solid. Solid, right? I don't even know if I needed glasses, but I got the glasses, and you would be amazed at how many people have complimented (laughs) me since. It's like, dude, I didn't have any idea you were that smart. That's what Mark and I were actually talking about the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I I told Jovan that your believability went up like 33% (laughs) as soon as those things came on. So even if you don't need glasses, you could still change your life. Go in there and get some. 100%. I, we, me and me and Slater were thinking it'd be a really funny bit to do like you coming in without glasses on and like saying things and we're like yeah whatever Alan like yeah cool sure that happened <laughs> oh whatever. that's funny and then you come in with the glasses and we're like dude Alan what that's, that's so funny. yeah yeah so a bit coming to you in there that works soon all right well check out Crown Point Eye Care where should people contact you if they want to go and like get an appointment done and like really check out eye health Right on. At so the end of the day. Phone number is uh, 219-310-8032. Um, staff will definitely be able to take care of uh, take care of you when you give a call. So Okay, so back to the podcast. Yeah. When is the dire symptoms for people to go in that you're just like, oh, shit, clear my schedule. This is going to be intense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. You'll, you'll catch some that you'll catch patients who that haven't ever had an exam. They'll come in. They'll be in their, say, 50s or 60s. You know, and you, you look back there and glaucoma is one of those things where it doesn't give you any signs really until it's too late. So I'd say majority of them are male patients that come in. It's like, hey, I having some issues with one eye and you look back there and that that nerve is totally gone. I mean, it's just totally dead. It's wow. like you can't really do much about it at that point. So it's not like a clear the schedule out kind of thing, but it's a, hey, this is what we got going on on this side. You have this left on this other side you gotta gotta really take care of it and we're gonna get you taken care of and if it becomes something that you know i I think they do better with like a laser procedure or a different type of of surgical procedure i refer them on to a specialist at that point because especially if they're that young you know but so what is technically glaucoma and then what can people do to keep it from like being a real problem or is there anything that science has said uh honestly just keep up with regular eye care and then like lifestyle things, um, there's some studies that are really, I, I'd say newer, you know, patients that have like sleep apnea, you're more inclined to potentially mm. have uh, glaucoma at that point. And it's wow. just all like oxygen wow. flow. And, you know, in, in the general sense, it's, it's kind of a nerve, it's essentially a nerve degeneration. So there's too much pressure on that eye or on that nerve. That's why we're treating with, you know, pressure reducing drops initially. And it starts that too much pressure just starts to kill off that nerve slowly. And that's why it's something that most patients don't even see any symptoms early on. It's just boom. Yeah. They'll come in, especially if they don't, they never needed glasses, especially if they've never had any visual trouble. 
you know, both eyes open, body's great at compensating. It's great. It'll hide stuff from you until last second almost. And they come in, they're like, hey, man, I just noticed I can't see too well out of this side. You look back there, you're like, well, can't help you too much, unfortunately. But we're going to help you with that other side and make sure that we keep the vision in that other eye as good as possible forever. Mm. For as long as possible, I should say. That's the one amazing thing about these podcasts that blow my mind is that how adaptable and, like, biologically advanced our bodies are dude it's, it's awesome. insane it, yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's cool stuff man it's that, that was the thing that drew me to healthcare and in, in, in all honesty it's just it's it'll take care of itself as best as possible until it really can't anymore so if you talk about western medicine or more like holistic stuff all of it should mesh in one way or another to keep us as healthy as possible you know so that's that's the goal is what you eat what you drink what you do you know, there's genetics involved with it. There's there's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, what? while we're here, we're only here for a limited time. Might as well do the best we can, take care of ourselves and enjoy it. Heck yeah. 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 Not all of us are going to make it to 100. I'd love to make it to 100. But. Yeah. I don't know if I want to, though. I don't know what my what what age I want to die. <laughs> but I think, like, I'm good at, like, 85. Yeah? I think so. 80 to 85. I feel like it depends on like the condition that I'm in. hundred percent, man. I have some like 90, 90 to hundred year old patients in that range. Dude, they are sometimes in better shape than some of my 60 to 70 year old patients. Really? It's wild, man. See, we should be doing like studies on them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like, here's what we should be doing. Don't give me like the, the stupid <laughs> chart of like the five food groups and the breads and the meats. Show me what the 95 year olds do. And I know everyone's body's different, yeah. but like if you're out there running around being 95 and like having living an active lifestyle, I want to know what that dude's doing or her. Mm. I, I think it's a lot of it's moderation. Dude, my great grandmother made it to 98, you know, looking at what she did. And I was so lucky to have her around for so long like that. Yeah. But everything was moderation. She didn't drink, you know, say per se excessively, or she didn't drink at all. I don't believe, but like pork rinds were one of her like snacks that she liked. And that was until mm. forever. You know, so it's yeah. it's not like she overdid it anyway. She wasn't exercising, you know, day in and day out. She always went on her walk. She did her stuff. So I honestly believe it's just moderation in the entire lifestyle. Don't overdo it one way, but don't underdo it the other way. Just you know, can't do overkill. Wow. Yeah. That man, I struggle with moderation. <laughs> <laughs> all of us, especially at younger ages, think all of us do, man. We still are considered younger, right? Uh, I'm 40. That's okay. It's still I don't know. I feel like I, I'm seeing my expiration date. I feel like you guys don't see it yet. You guys are still going to, 50 years from now, you guys are going to be active participants. I'm like, 50 years from now, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> I'm a couple years behind <laughs> I think you. so, no. <laughs> no. 50 years isn't too long. I'll be got, 90. Some time. That's That'll good, be 90. man. Okay. Life expectancy might be 85 at that point, you know? Let's go. That's the goal. But I don't practice moderation. <laughs> I have figured out a life hack last weekend. Are you interested in that? Absolutely. I'm all for it. So what I'm doing now is instead of having 30 beers, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to do three or four beers and then switch over to non-alcoholic beers. So I catch my buzz, but then I don't catch the wave of being too drunk. Right on, man. Yeah. I don't know. Not not my style, but okay. <laughs> Love that. Okay, you're drinking the calories anyway. The only thing is you're missing the alcohol. But I know. But then it's like you don't have to like the dehydration of the next day isn't as yeah. bad. And then I feel like the hangover is not nearly as bad. But then yeah. again, water like I've been drinking a gallon of water every day. 
dude, feel great even after drinking the next day. So it really is just a dehydration issue with alcohol, you know, and hangover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Water's incredible. The bottle of water on the floor, the gallon of water on the yeah. floor. The, yeah, the one that I haven't touched since we started this, that's the one. But you got the bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I'm drinking. Yeah. Hey, man, got to have a little bit. Yeah, but and thank you for bringing that in today. That was awesome. First time in the new digs, man. I have to show up with something. Heck Can't yeah. show up empty-handed. So I do have another question for you. We was brought up in our office uh, this week when they found out you were coming in. What is astigmatism officially? It deals really, it's a refractive issue, and a lot of it just deals with the way the eye is shaped. So instead of having, um, these call them like power crosses, you take your eye and you split it in a 90 meridian and a 180. Patients that don't have astigmatism, that means the, the power across that whole area is the same. So whether hmm. you're at the axis 90 or axis 80, 180, um, if you have astigmatism, like I have a significant amount of it, I'm steeper in one area and flatter in another. So, like, if you look at, um, remember that machine actually, the yeah. topographer? Yeah, yeah, my, The front shape of my eye looks like a dumbbell. So it has, like, two really steep areas where it's, like, really skinny in the center. So that's really what astigmatism is, just strictly the front shape of that eye. So, wow. if you, if, yeah, if we, if we had the machine here, he got to see it, yeah. Mark got to see it. So it's kind of cool to be able to map out that front it just it really just takes a it almost looked like a mountain range exactly what it is what it does man. yeah 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 mountain rangey really <laughs> yeah. in what sense just the topography of well, your it, eyeball like, it, it had like um mountain peaks and it had valleys too in a sense if it, so it um I, I think that's probably the best way i could put it it just like if you're looking at a topographical map of say the u.s mm -hmm. you know you can see where mountains are and where we're valleys or rivers would be same same scenario just the front of your eye so we can map out everything there and if there's a corneal abnormality if we do some specialty contacts whatever we want to do we know what the original cornea looked like and then we look we know what the cornea looked like post-treatment which is cool wow yeah that's crazy man and yeah. like <laughs> how, how how like uh modern is that technology well, it's been around for a while yeah yeah it's been it's definitely been around for a while it just depends on if your the clinic you go to has it what type of stuff they do with it so we like to do specialty contact lenses so it's patients that want to do specific like overnight lenses where we do them with kids or adults or if we have like uh, keratoconus which is kind of like a play on the astigmatism they have like a really steep cone on that front area that causes a lot of visual disturbance mm. so you know that's kind of what we use that's essentially what we use it for in our clinic is really it's going to be all sorts of specialty contacts which is cool that is cool. Where do yeah. you, where do you see modern medicine for optometry trending in the future? That maybe it, like there's some holes in currently that don't that people don't know exist. Uh, I think it'll be more just ease of access. So when it comes to like care, uh, the population's growing older. The amount of optometrists and ophthalmologists isn't increasing dramatically. It's still going to be in person, but there's still going to be like screening tools like at your primary care doctor. Mm. Um, that was actually some of the research that I had done is we were trying to develop a low cost camera we can put in either underserved areas so they can screen for diabetes, which was really cool. But it might be at your primary care doc's office. We're like, hey, we're going to take a picture. We're going to send it off to an ophthalmologist or an optometrist. They're going to review it. And if they think that, you know, something's wrong, we're going to send you over there, send you somewhere local, get you taken care of, and then we're going to see if we have to start you on any medications or lifestyle changes. No way. So like a mobile scan unit where mm -hmm. people can literally walk up unsolicited, go in there, grab a picture of their eyeballs, 
and then send that out? Well, it would be at like a healthcare clinic. So oh, not, gotcha. Yeah, so you actually have to go to a clinic. Yeah. It's not like a telephone booth. No, no, no. Gotcha. It would be, yeah, it'd be at like a healthcare clinic. But that's it, the telehealth portion, I think, is where there's going to be significant growth in probably the next decade or so. That's just, again, ease of access for some care. It's, you can't do a lot of eye stuff you know, through video, but you can at least have a consultation and say, hey, you know what? You need to be seen now. You need to be seen in two days. You need to be seen at least in a week. You know, for a lot of those like conjunctivitis or pink eyes or the flashes and floaters, you know, those we usually want to see as soon as possible. But if you didn't know that was important and you had your telehealth <laughs> visit, you could be like, hey, you got to go in. So, wow. Yeah. But that's it's a lot of it's going to be more into the digital age, which is where usually healthcare just I think just in general is usually just a touch behind. But it's because we can't you got to be careful with people's information. You can't just pass it along like yeah, a piece of paper. Yeah. So. That's usually why it's a little bit delayed. Mm. You, you mentioned eye health, and you mentioned diabetes, and you've mentioned other things. Is the eye technically an organ? Absolutely. Okay, so then when you're looking inside this organ of what's going on, not mine specifically, but the <laughs> eyes, um, what other kind of, I guess, total health of the body can you see? Lots, actually. So it, a lot of it's vascular stuff. So that's going to be the main, that'd be more of, a, of what we see on a regular basis. So... Diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, you know, you'll, you'll get a good sense for what's happening back there. But same way you can have like a, a nevus or a birthmark on your skin, that sclera or the white part of your eye has the same cell makeup. So you can get birthmarks in the back of the eye. You can have no way. a melanoma in the back of the eye, but it's not a primary spot. It's going to come from elsewhere. You know, so if I ever were to have a patient, it's like, hey, you know, we got to get this looked at. It looks really suspicious. You know, they usually have a, a body scan at that point. It's like, yeah, we had three or four melanomas on, you know, here or there. So mm. it's, it's all of it's all connected. You best way to describe it is the vascular system is the highway. You can get everywhere you need to. So if something can happen in your gut, you might have something that shows up in the eye. If something could happen on the skin, same thing. And, and again, the eye is not a primary location for those, if, for say like a metastasis. So it's not going to show up there right away. It's usually going to come from elsewhere at that point. Wow. Yeah. So everything's connected. It just, that's why, again, the moderation, the, the watch what yeah. you do, just oh, yeah. take care of yourself. And just maybe not have cheese on every meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, do you have anything? Yeah. So I took this class and it was probably my favorite class in college. Um, go ahead and ask me the name. I don't, I don't even remember what it's called. But <laughs> Anatomy? Nope. It, it, it's a cool name. I'll, I'll think of it. Um, but we learned one of the topics in there, and I wasn't like a medical major by any means. Like I, I got a degree in marine science. But they were talking about defensive medicine, and I thought it was so interesting to understand why doctors go through all these tests and procedures that people are always like, oh, they just want to make money. Um, that's why they're doing these procedures. I wouldn't even need something like that. But at the end of the day, like it totally makes sense why they go through all of these processes because they need to have their back so that they cannot get sued or to pre help prevent being sued. Do you learn things like that in school or, or is that something more you learn what, like in residency or talking with fellow? Great question, Mark. So I think the defensive medicine, I think we just... I don't want to say rebrand it, but it's going to be preventative medicine. So if certain tests aren't run, so the, the goal isn't to run tests you don't need. Um, that's why there's standards of care and what we should do and shouldn't do. So for most of us after about 30, like your cholesterol panel should be, I think, included with your, your annual exam. 
how are we going to know if you have any cholesterol issues at 30? Yeah. Not 18 anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> expectation is 18. You should have no issues, but at 30, not. So the standard of care when it comes to any tests that are being run, whether it's blood work or whatnot, it, it should definitely be part of what I, I like to call preventative medicine. It's easier to be proactive about it than to be reactive. You know, if we can yeah. stop something from happening or if we're going to go with the eye, if I see something back there said, Mark, you know what? Got to change your lifestyle, got to stop smoking, got to do this so we make sure this doesn't happen. But a test that would be included with that would be like an OCT. So OCT is like a 3D measurement of that portion of the of the retina. So I don't like I said, preventative medicine is something I think most, if not all docs would like to practice. The downside is insurance dictates a lot of stuff, which sucks. Mm. So like if we wanted to order you, say we want to order you uh, colonoscopy because your stomach hurts all the time. Like most of the time your insurance isn't going to cover it because you're not 50, man. Yeah, so Yeah, so the worst part of medicine in general is strictly insurance is because they can dictate what medicines they'll cover, what tests they'll want to cover so that your out-of-pocket expenses change so that yeah. you're not paying thousands of dollars for a test. So it, it's the way school was taught and the way I took it was preventative. You know, the, the goal is prevention. If I don't want to, I always say this to patients. If I don't, if I have to see you more than once a year, that means something's wrong. That means either yeah. I'm doing something wrong or you're missing something. So you shouldn't have to see your docs regularly unless you have issues. But once a year, like with eye care, if we're seeing you more than that, where it means we're treating something. If you're seeing your primary care doc more than once a year, that means they're concerned about something. So I, I like to use, like I said, it's preventative. You know, the goal is to keep you as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like you guys. So. I love you guys being in my chair regularly, but once a year is plenty, man. <laughs> I'd rather do a visit like this and hang out a little bit. Yeah, but, same. Same. Yeah. It's always intimidating going into like a doctor's office oh, yeah. or something because it's always like, what's going to be the bad news? Exactly. You know, and it's like, now I've got to figure this whole thing out in the next couple months. Yep. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's usually what stops people from actually going is the unknown. You know, you feel good. And just like we talked earlier, your body is going to hide stuff pretty well. Yeah. But you, you go in there like, okay, well, I didn't eat so good last week. I did my blood work. Is it going to make a difference? I have been exercising. <laughs> is it going to make yeah. a difference? So, you know, the, 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 the gears start turning, the body and the mind always goes to something bad right away. Mm-hmm. But again, honestly, as long as you do everything in moderation, take care of yourself. You know what? To have fun and go overboard, it makes sense. You're going to do it. You can't stay in that constant circle all the time. But to do it regularly probably have some troubles at some point <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah the, the goal and it, some docs and i can't speak for any i personally know but they'll run tests they'll do stuff with it because they think there's going to be more reimbursement but the most of the docs if not all of them that i'm i refer to or i know personally you know what everybody's in the same boat we just want to make sure we take care of our patients good and, and well and make sure everybody stays as healthy as possible so that's you said something about the insurance industry that's really interesting to me because um, it's obviously big business, yeah, really big business. Um, at what point, though, like, and I know, I know, like, the conversation of universal health care has been floated around, and we had Obamacare and all this stuff, but it just all seems so un- intangible. Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, how the whole thing works. Um, so it's like, man, I got to really do some research, but I feel like what, what, what you're saying, what is the disconnect between 
the insurance company and the actual people who need the medicine? And then like, why is that such a disconnect? Um, so the, the like disconnect between, I think the, the patient who needs stuff and the insurance majority of the people you talk to on any of, if you we were to call like United healthcare or whoever you call an insurance panel, it's usually not anybody that has any medical background. Um, once I start doing like say a prior authorization for a medication, I call in something for someone it's denied. I need to call in a prior authorization. The first person I speak to doesn't have any medical background. They just have keywords or diagnoses that they're looking for. Then they pass me on to someone that has a medical background, whether it's the manager. Well, yeah, whether it's, (laughs) whether it's whether it's a nurse, a doc, whatever it may be. And then at that point you have to have your documentation that backs it up. But the medication is something I have more of an issue with because I should be able to call what we think, or we should be able to call what we think is going to be best for the patient. Right. And a lot of it is just cost. They want something that's going to cost them less, but all the insurance companies are publicly traded from my understanding. So it's going to not be good for a insurance company to pay out more for a medication. They think can do the same thing. That's cheaper. So medications play, big pharma plays that a big just, role in a lot. Yeah, it just pisses crazy. me off. It just pisses me off. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's crazy we have all these stuff, stupid, man. huge conversations. At the end of the day, it's like we're trying to be preventative. We're trying to make people live longer and we're trying to be healthy. Yeah. And it's like, why are people getting in the way of that? Why is money getting in the way of that? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And again, it just, everything about publicly traded companies, it, there's so much good that goes with it. When it comes to healthcare, I don't think there's much good that goes with it because it limits care for people or it stops them from getting it in a timely manner because now the doctor prescribing, whoever's prescribing whatever, whether it's a test or a med, now it's to jump through 10 hoops. So And plus still do the patient care for the day or the next day. And it, it, there's just a lot to it. So again, there, the upside to it is we bar, by far have the best medical care, I think, in the entire world. Downside to it, it's also the most expensive. So yeah. that's the worst part about it is the expense portion. So it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the worst part about it. How much of those expenses are real and how much of them are inflated? As far as like, um, like what a test would cost? Yeah, because I mean, I think that like, what was the guy who uh, bought the Wu Tang album that went to jail? Oh, yeah. What's that guy's name who bought that AIDS, that oh, AIDS yeah, pill, yeah. Um, but then like jumped it up to like two thousand percent? I can't yeah. remember what his name is. I don't remember his name either. I'm glad I don't remember yeah, his name because what a dick. <laughs> but like, it's like at the same token is is like how much of these tests are inflated from a price price side of things, then how much of them are like actual um, tangible costs, and like how like, I guess. What's going to inflate them is like what the insurance is going to pay out, right? Yep. And a lot of it's based off of like what Medicare pays out anyway. So if we run, uh, say we run a test for a hundred bucks, uh, most likely if it's like a, say a, some digital image, most likely insurance will pay like Medicare would pay maybe 30 bucks on it. So if we charge a hundred, they'll pay 30, but then another insurance company might pay 20. Another one might pay 35. Like it just varies. A lot of it's just based off of like Medicare's initial numbers, but it, in a perfect world with cash pay and everybody has cash or you know, have to, don't have to think about credit, that's where I think prices would go down significantly. But when it has a third hand in there, the whatever we bill doesn't really mm. matter. I could bill $10,000 for a test and they're still gonna pay me the 30 bucks. So the downside is now when we talk about patients that don't have insurance, 
you have to figure out a way to get around that because if you get audited, you just have to show that you're kind of showing the same price for everybody when it comes to like a test. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's too convoluted. It'd be great if that third hand wasn't there. But if, if we talk about like, you like just healthcare in general, like, yeah, like something like what Canada has, is it worthwhile? It may be. Would it discourage some people from going into specific portions of medicine? I think it might be because a lot of those that do the really specifics, like brain surgery, you know, if we're going to talk about some of those docs, like that might discourage them because that might change something on their end. Mm. But then again, a lot of those docs go in it because they love what they do. They're very, very good at what they do because they absolutely have to be, man. Yeah. yeah, So that still goes back to, I don't think many people get into medicine for, for money, but they do it because they love it. For sure, and yeah. I think there's a, there's very re- it's a rewarding practice. No, absolutely, it's awesome, and yeah. like you get to see it. I mean, I think that there's like other different forms of reward, right? Like, if you're a landscaper, you get to go out, you get to see this this crazy thing that like looks horrible, and then you get to finish <laughs> it, make it up, and you look yep. at it, and it's like, dude, that's beautiful, absolutely. And yeah. then I think you're, I'm sure there's those light bulbs for you. It's like like it's yeah. like you see something that might be symptomatic. And then you go and you send them to a specialist and it turns out you caught it in time and that's a real win. Oh, yeah. It, it's just incredible to hear that, those stories. I think it's just it's just not humanitarian to, to like have the current system that's built on capitalism. I, I think that's the frustrating 100%. part for mm. me. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? It makes me think of a selfish plug for you, by the way. <laughs> that IPL machine. Yeah. How instantaneous those results are with the things that you do, like you physically get to see anybody, I don't care who you are, can see those results like that quickly. Yeah. It's, it's That's been, fun. Yeah. It's been real fun with that, especially we do a lot of like dry eye with it and we start moving in aesthetics. So like we've done a couple treatments with you. I think we just got to get you back on track. Alan. What, what, the IPL of what? <laughs> that light machine. Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's from just an eye care standpoint. Um, just, I, speak for optometry it's just it's kind of cool man you you you, the patient comes in with an issue and i'd say nine out of ten times they're walking out with a fix which is really cool you know in other healthcare fields it's a little bit different but if we're just strictly strictly talking like mine dude it's it's awesome little kid comes in can't see it's like this is what the cause is this is how we're going to fix it up you know let's see him back in a couple weeks make sure he's doing okay kid walks out when he picks up a new pair of glasses perfect oh yeah it's patient so having awesome. issues with blood sugar blood sugar comes back down we talk to him about it and get him back on track it's it's fun whether it's from a health standpoint or from a vision standpoint so yeah and, and for the listener i the reason um i went in is because you saw a video i did i think it was the trapped in the elevator one yeah and you were like dude you got to come in here your face <laughs> is really red yeah. <laughs> and i'm like okay and then uh i went through that machine and like I, I think there's been some real tone like uh skin complexion things that that machine has really helped me with yeah um and i think i've done three treatments initially and then took about a year off, and then <laughs> went back to one more. But I'm sure I could do more. But it, it it was a it was a fun machine. I mean, I think it's a really cool thing. And like Mark, you're right. I mean, there is instant results with it. Oh yeah, you you look in the mirror and you you feel it right away. And we've done when we go into that aesthetic stuff. A lot of it's the rosacea patients, or if they have any sort of like skin pigmentation, they want to get cleared up. Like it's been a it's been a blast with that thing. So it's been a good time. I'll, I'll let Mark see the video when we did that with you last time. Oh, we got to put that on the story. I still haven't seen it. I said we got to put that on the story. I'll send it to you. Okay, cool. I, I, I mean, I, it's like uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm a, I'm a pussy. 
That's what it comes down to. So it's, uh, there's like women out there who love like, you know, they can get their ass kicked a little bit and they like it. I'm just so damn sensitive. I am like, it's brutal. So for me, it was like, a, it's like, it feels like a rubber band. Yep. Not like completely retracted and then slammed up to your skin, but it's like yeah. a, probably like an inch. And it's like a whop. And you just, I think it's the unknown of it coming and then it comes. And you're like, you're like, yeah. There's a bright flash associated with yeah, it too. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of it. We'll have Mark do it next the time. Eye doctor, yeah. they, the eye doctors love to do stuff like that to you. <laughs> like, like we were talking about the, 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 the um, <laughs> The, the the eye blow test where like you have to look and it blows a, a, puff, of a puff of air at you. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. You, you like know it's coming. So you're doing like the squint thing and then it comes. You're like, dang it. <laughs> every time. Nothing, every time. Nothing like a little bit of anxiety before you oh, go back to it, the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. really do that to you in different ways there. But we found out they don't do that anymore. Really. I mean, some do, but yeah, there's all sorts of different things like test pressures. So ours, um, ours is a little handheld device. And uh, I actually did a little like slow-mo video on our Instagram page with it because it the the probe comes out it actually bounces very very gently off that cornea it doesn't cause any damage or anything it's just that fast and it measures pressures that way which is way less anxiety inducing <laughs> than the puff of air um, wait a minute so the machine let me let me get what you just said right <laughs> we did it to you when you were in the cl- in the clinic so you, wait what yeah. So you pull the machine up to your eye. The, uh, the machine part pops out, hits your eye, then it, pops back. It's handheld. It, it's it's a handheld. Like it's it literally it looks like a almost look. It's about the size of a stapler. That's about how big it is, and it has a green light onto it. Do you remember that? No. And the green light shoots off. There's a little probe. So there's a probe that's inside there, and it's it looks um, it's really thin and has a white little tiny white head to it. It's magnetic, so it pushes it out, and it it measures the bounce back, and that's how it gives us just like it does. Oh, with the so air. it doesn't oh. touch your cornea; it just pops it. It just catches the dimension. Yeah, it kind of touches. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's so intrusive. I don't even remember. I was just gonna say, <laughs> so, yeah. I was like, you yeah. Don't even remember it, so. it wasn't so bad then. So yeah, but yeah. I'll I'll send you guys. I'll show you guys the video because it's it, it's really cool. The there's ways to test non-contact wise, which is the puff, or we can do it contact wise, which is like uh, the blue light, if you're sitting behind the the microscope, you know the blue light kind of touches right where where the cornea or right at the cornea. Same thing with the little handheld device we had with you. It does the same thing. Awesome. Last question on my yeah, end. go for it, buddy. Um, as far as like colors of eyes go, I'm sure you've seen some crazy. Oh, colors. great question. <laughs> I love where this is going. What what I mean, are there colors out there that we just don't like? Because no, I've I can't tell you anyone that I've seen that had purple eyes or red eyes or. Yeah. Orange eyes, for that matter. Are there any eye? I, can you have any eye color? Period. For humans, no. Okay. No, a lot of it just deals with pigmentation. So, majority of the world is brown eyed. Um, that blue li- that blue eye is recessive. So that means you're carrying that gene from somewhere else, or from I should say somewhere else, somewhere really far far along the way backwards uh, genetically. But um, those, like if you look at say your eyes, you have kind of like a green colored eye. If we go outside, right, ladies, really... I'm single. Yeah. Green eyes. <laughs> you don't with, need any help in that department, dude. <laughs> Should have gone with blue at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but if you go outside on a bright sunny day, it's going to have a different hue of green to it, and a lot of it's just the the amount of pigmentation. So your your iris is actually pigmented on the backside. So those that have brown eyes have significantly more pigmentation. You know, there like my son has blue eyes. You know, he has, doesn't have a lot of pigmentation. And blonde hair. You got it. 
yeah. I was blonde hair when I was younger, just oh, okay. not, not okay. blue eye. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all pigmentation based, and genetics play a role with it too. So, but you, it's usually the greens, the blues, the browns. You'll catch um, some that have like a grayish tone to yeah, them. Yeah, those, cool. those are cool. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you unfortunately can't do purple without contacts. We can give you some cool purple ones for for Halloween next year. Or yeah, this year. yeah. I don't know what color <laughs> I'd look good in besides these green. Does does light colored eyes affect the way that you your eyes digest sun? Not necessarily. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a personal preference. Like I, I have some patients that have brown eyes and. You put them behind that microscope with the bright light, and I mean, they're just tearing up. Oh. And then I have others that have bright blue eyes, and they can sit there wide open and not even blink the whole time. Really? We're doing it. Yeah. Because I had a hard time always playing baseball <laughs> during the day, and I always thought it was my eye color. Ah. Oh. No. Yeah. I just I I much rather prefer to play at night. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Hmm. And, I, and Josh Hamilton, when he was on his MVP runs, made that made that like a public thing. He was really? incredible. Yeah. Like it's because he had light colored eyes too that he thought that that was a problem with the sun and everything else. Right on. Mm. Well, that's a myth. I didn't that's realize a that. Myth. Yeah, <laughs> that's a myth. Um, also, uh, I think one thing that I would like to kind of touch base to really quick is, and it was kind of blew my mind when it did jump on. Um, how, from your perspective, how important is establishing a person's dominant eye if they're going to be playing sports? Uh, I don't think as important unless that eye is just overly dominant. So for, for most of us, especially if, say, we'll go with baseball right off the bat, if you're right-handed, doesn't mean that your right eye is going to be dominant. But if you feel like you're having difficulty, say, batting right-handed, and you try to switch it up, as awkward as that initial first two might be, you might feel like you see the ball better. You know, because mm-hmm. you have that, in my case, you know, that my eye is heavily, like left eye is heavily dominant. I turned like 14 and I suddenly couldn't hit the ball. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened. I started playing softball when I was at school in college and dude, I could hit it just as far left-handed all of a sudden. So (laughs) yeah, but it's, it's not, I don't think it's as, as important unless we're talking like competitive shooting, you know, that's where you really need to know which is dominant. You know, that's going to be affecting what you're doing more so than basketball, baseball, football, soccer, golf, you name it. Gotcha. Mm, gotcha. Cool. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I did that test where like you get this thing going and then you <laughs> yeah. like look at something I, I'm, I'm making for the listener. I'm making like a, a little triangle, a triangle with my <laughs> thumbs and index finger. And then you're supposed to like look through that hole yep. and, and close one of your eyes and see which one's actually looking through the hole. And that's how you can judge what your dominant eye is. Yep. But like as a right-handed hitter and my right eye being dominant, it really made no sense to be closed. Mm. I almost probably could have hit better with an open stance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent, man. For sure. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I mean, changing to lefties like crazy. Like I, you know, I can at least oh. open my stance and hit. You at, know, at yeah. the level you guys played at, absolutely crazy to change it. But playing like slow pitch softball. Easy, man. <laughs> That's a way easier change. That's so funny. I'm not seeing anything coming at me 90 miles an hour. So <laughs> so I know I said one last question yeah. last time. This is actually my one last question. <laughs> so last night I was throwing, I was making a pot roast in the crock pot. And one of the- <laughs> like, I'm so excited to see how this ends up in I. <laughs> yeah, this, this is good. And I was wondering if you like pot roast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so I've, I've actually noticed like when I was younger, 
if I'd like cut up onions, they wouldn't like they wouldn't do anything to my eye. Mm. And I, I always remember watching TV shows and like they'd be like, "Are you crying?" Like, "No, I was just cutting up an onion." And I was like, "That doesn't even that doesn't even happen." Oh my gosh, I was crying last <laughs> night cutting this onion up. It's and like it was like it was bad. It is that negatively affecting my eyes? Like if if I was like a, wow. a chef. And I was knocking out onions every day, and that was making me cry. Is yeah. that is that no bueno? No, man. It's it's really superficial. It's it's mm. over quick and easy because that that kind of I don't even know how to say it, like <laughs> that plume from when you're cutting it. You yeah. Know, not that juices are kind of getting up at you, but it sits in that tear film, and you notice as you keep blinking, the eyes water. That that reflex, that watering, is just trying to wash that out. So it's mm. trying to wash it out so that you don't have that anymore. So that burning sensation is gone. Gotcha. That's like if you were to get hit with pepper spray and decide not to wash it out for some reason, which would make no, no sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Hopefully no one's gotten pepper spray in here before. Not but. yet. <laughs> no, I had something close in seventh grade wood shop class. <laughs> I was sanding something down, blew into it, popped all back in my eyes. Oh, Dude, yeah. had to go home and a whole situation. Then I had to clean my eyes. It's horrible. Oh, tough. But if it were, <laughs> right? If it were to sit there, it'll cause some superficial damage because it's just going to be just an irritant on that front surface. So, gotcha. Yeah, nothing permanent. Just that's going to be really uncomfortable. Because every every movie that has that like a dog dies in, I'm cutting onions. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just good to know. Good excuse. Like, oh, that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Jovan, it's been about an hour. Uh, where can people find you? Let's get this thing rolling. Um, on Facebook, Instagram, so either one of those, and then we're at uh, 10823 Broadway here in Crown Point. It's a beautiful location. You got it. Go, yeah. even if it's for vain reasons, get the new <laughs> pair of glasses. Go get your eyes checked once a year, right? Once a year. And if you have any questions, uh, should they email Amanda? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> either that or crownpointicare uh, at gmail.com. They can always send stuff over, and I'll get to it pretty quickly usually nice so. mark anything you like to add um, as we wrap here yeah um uh, this this probably won't be out by then but make sure to check out our myth monday that's coming out um what january 30th i believe cool. that'll be a lot of fun it's me Jovan, just chatting about different myths that we heard that we didn't bring up on this podcast that's wow. really fun <laughs> way to show restraint boys yeah and then i also want to say really quick I, I we're showing Jovan way too much love he's gonna have to pay us for this or something but, <laughs> that's why i brought the booze <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i was talking with aj over at the social which they just had their grand opening and aj had this horrible thing going on with his eye and he's like i gotta go get it checked out i was like dude go check out Jovan. Yovan got him in that day, got him fixed. He messaged me like, thank you so much. Yovan got me fixed. I'm taking the rest of my family there. Like, he loves you. He's a good dude. Everybody I've talked to, my dad. I was just talking with Burkholder, who just got LASIK. Yeah. And it was successful. I mean, there's nothing but raving reviews about you. So, like, kudos. Easy around here, man. You're awesome with what you do. Great community, so it makes it very easy to kind of do what I do. So, we got the man, awesome. Yovan. Thank you appreciate for coming it. in. I really appreciate it. Definitely, man. Thanks and for then, having me. And then next time, maybe we'll have some uh, questions from the viewers that we may have missed this time. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Let's right, do it. Let's go eat lunch. Sounds good, man. <laughs> Later. <laughs>